First Chronicles chapter 21, verse number 18. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, if you believe it's in the Bible, but you just haven't quite found it yet, <laughs> say glory. Amen. If you've just stopped and you're pretending like you're there, <laughs> I won't make you say anything. But look at verse number 18. The Bible says, The angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that Gad should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan in the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, let my Lord, and let my Lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings and the threshing instruments for wood and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price. For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord nor offer burnt offerings without cost. And so David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. And the Lord commanded the angel and he put up his sword again to the sheath thereof. At that time, David saw that the Lord had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Then he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of the burnt offering were at that season the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God. For he was afraid because of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, Lord, to be in the house of God this morning. We're thankful, Lord, for the activity, God, that we're going to take place in this morning, the pledge we're going to make, Lord. God, you've put in our heart these past months, or this past month, Lord, of exactly how much we ought to be giving and we should be giving to the furtherance of the gospel around the world. Lord, what a blessing it is, God. You commanded us to go into the uttermost parts of the world knowing, God, physically we could not do it all by ourselves, but having already prepared a way and made a way possible for us to be involved and to have fruit redounded to our account, God, that if we just faithfully give, Lord, you take it and use it for your glory. God's souls are going to be saved. Churches are going to be planted. Lives are going to be changed. Lord, it's not just going to span our lifetime. Lord, if we continue to be faithful and we give, Lord, you've promised us it's going to last until you come home and get us. And I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, you, or this morning, Lord, you just work in our hearts. I pray, Lord, you take the word of God that will be preached this morning. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, empty me out of myself. Fill me with the spirit of God. I pray, Lord, this morning you just work in our hearts. This morning, give us a wonderful time in the house of God. And, Lord, it's already been mentioned this morning, Lord, there's somebody here whose heart is just troubled. Lord, they don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Lord, they don't know the answers, let alone the questions. I pray, Lord, you'd speak peace this morning. Not like the world gives, Lord, but you give a peace that is far greater than that. 
Lord, there's somebody here that's lost this morning, don't know you as a personal Lord and Savior. Lord, what a great day it would be for them to get saved by the grace of God. Work in their hearts. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. And help us, Lord, just to glorify your name in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can have a seat this morning. Thank you so much for standing and being with us this morning. Now, 1 Chronicles chapter 21 is not a very familiar portion in the Bible. It's not one of those where when the pastor calls it out, you're saying, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. I know exactly what is happening here. But there is a man in 1 Chronicles 21 that we are familiar with. His name is David. He's a, he's a household name, and there's some of you, maybe not directly, but there are some here this morning that you're named after David. You share a name, and we have a son who's in heaven whose name is David, and we understand. We, we know David, if you go to church for any length of time, you've ever been in children's church, Sunday school, you've heard about David. We know his escapades. We know his actions. We know what he takes place. He's the one that killed Goliath. He's that little shepherd boy with nothing but a sling and a stone and five rocks in his pouch. He kills the greatest warrior of the Philistines without opening up, without throwing one fist, without throwing one sword or spear but he defeats him and we know he's also eventually becomes the king of Israel and he, he's the great king of Israel. He's the one that God places on the throne and uses in a mighty way and blesses and, and continues to show himself faithful to David. We also know that he's the line that Jesus would come through one day. That was that promise given to David from God himself that one day his son would come to this earth through the line of David. Boy, how many glad this morning that God knows how to keep his word. Not just to David, but to you and I this morning because if Jesus had not come, had he not been born, had he not died, had he not risen this morning, our faith would be in vain. But I'm thankful this morning because he was born and he did die and he did rise again. We've got something to worship and someone to praise this morning. He's, David's the sweet psalmist of Israel. Boy, those psalms that we like to comfort our hearts with and find strength in and find hope. And I tell you what, Psalm 23, to some people it is old and to some people that's just that funeral psalm. Can I say this one? I'm glad the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I'm glad that he takes good care of me. I'm glad that whatever time, what's so time I am afraid, I can trust in thee. I'm glad this one, I can praise you, the Lord. I'm glad that I know how to find true happiness. Who wrote those? Psalms, David did. We know David this morning. He's the one that God promised to establish his throne forever. We know a lot about David. We know a lot about his life. We know a lot about his upbringing. We know a lot about his, his, his reign and his rule. But let me ask you this morning, what do you know about Ornan? <laughs> Who, preacher? The other fellow in the story. The other fellow in the... What do you know about him? Do you know anybody named Ornan? When's the last time you bumped into Ornan at the store? When's the last time you said, you know what, if we ever have another kid, I'm going to name him Ornan. <laughs> I don't know any people named Ornan, but I know some people who are Henry. I don't know if it's the same thing or not. But we don't know, we don't know, well, what, what can you tell me about him? That, we don't sing children's church songs about Ornan. There's not children's church lessons about Ornan. But yet we see here this morning, there's, there's really not a, a lot about this man. We find him in First Chronicles. We also find him in the book of Samuel. And here's what we know about Ornan. We know what his name means. You ready for it? Light was perpetuated. Preacher, what's that mean? I have no idea. But then there's another definition which means fir tree 
or cedar tree. Could you imagine that scene? Little, this little baby boy is being birthed into the world and his dad looks down at him and for some odd reason he thinks cedar tree. Fir tree. Or how we'd probably say it nowadays, Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm gonna name you Ornan. It's gonna be a great, we know his name. We, we know he had four sons. Verse number 20 tells us that. Bible said, Orton turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. We find them hiding from the Lord or the angel of the Lord this morning. He's got a name. We know what it means. He's got some sons. We, we see them hiding from the angel of the Lord. We also know that he was a Jebusite. It goes on to say that Ornan, the Jebusite in verse number 18. That means he was the descendant of Jebus. Not Jesus, but Jebus. And Jebus was a descendant of Canaan. And we see here this morning that that name literally translates to threshing. And that means that he come from a long line of threshers. And if you don't know what that is this morning, that is the process by which they would take wheat and get the chaff off of it, save the, the germ or the seed of it, and make different pastries and breads out of this morning. But he's a descendant of this uh, thresher, Jebus, and this is early Jerusalem, which would it eventually become. And it, but that word thresher literally means to be trampled or to be trodden. I could see Ornan, he said, you know what, I, I come from just a long line of threshers and man, I feel so beaten, I feel so just downtrodden, so discouraged, I'm probably never gonna do anything greater than thresh some wheat. That's all my life has for me. We know his name, he has four sons. We know he's a Jebusite, but we also know that he owns something. The Bible tells us that he owns a threshing floor, which is, makes sense. He's a thresher. He is from a long line of threshers, and he owns a threshing floor. Now, if you don't understand exactly the process of this, this is back before you could go to the supermarket and there is bread on the shelf. You just got to pull it off and buy it. When they would, they would bring in the weed and they would lay it down on the, the ground of the threshing floor and it had to be a hard, flat surface. And then they would bring either in a, a team of donkeys or a team of oxen. And those oxen would have a, a large piece of wood behind them, like a log, and they would drag it over and over, back and forth across the wheat. And that process would tear apart the chaff from the seed. And the seed was saved, and then the wind would come through that place, and that, the, that, that wheat and the chaff would be thrown up, the chaff would blow away, and the seed would fall down. There was a separation that took place in that process. And no doubt, Ornan's threshing floor is in a perfect location. It is in a location that as he goes through the process of separating this, it was in a place where the wind would naturally come through. And they would just toss it up and the wind would do the separating. And I began to wonder, I said, I wonder how, how is it that we live in a society where so many people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior can sit in churches Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and there be no separation there. They're bringing out judgment. Verse number 13, David said, I'm not picking three years. I'm not picking three months. David said, uh, unto God, I am a great straight. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord. 
for very great are his mercies, but let me not fall into the hand of man. David said, Lord, I'd much rather fall into your hand of judgment than to fall into the hands of another man. He said, because even in judgment, I know great is thy mercy. Can I say this morning, David, David knew something that we ought to know this morning, that our God is merciful. And even God and his righteousness and God and his holiness could have easily said, you messed up, it's your fault, figure it out. I have nothing to do with you, but God who is rich in mercy said, I'll send my son to die for them. So those that are wrong and those that have sinned and those that have messed up will have a way to come to me. So David says, all right, Lord, I'm in your hands. You do as you see fit. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord begins to exact judgment and it's in there somewhere that within that day, uh, verse number 14, so the Lord sent pestilence unto Israel and there fell of Israel 70,000 men in one day. Boy, imagine being the preacher of Israel at that time. 70,000 souls have been lost. They've died. And David seeing this in verse number 14, verse number 17, David begins to repent. In essence, he's saying, Lord, they didn't make that choice. And Lord, they didn't decide to count the people. And Lord, they didn't decide to disobey. Lord, I'm the one that's messed up. And once again, we're reminded that our sin doesn't just affect ourselves. It affects those that are around us. But David begins to repent, and how many are glad that 1 John is still in our Bible. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he sees David's heart, and he goes to Gad. God goes to a man named Gad, who's a seer, and says, Gad, go tell David to go to the threshing floor of Ornan and purchase it and there build me an altar. That's a lot of backstory this morning, but now we're in verse number 18. David has found the threshing floor of Ornan, and he approaches him and says, I want to buy this from you. Why should Ornan give? Or why was Ornan willing to give his threshing floor over to David? Here's why David needed it to do the will of God for his life. He, God, what God wanted him to do. And when it comes to South Haven, preacher, why should I give to missions? Because through our giving, we enable those who are wanting to do God's will for their life to go to a foreign field to preach the gospel, to plant churches, to edify the saints, to instruct them and teach them. Can I say this one? As you and I, why should I give? Because it enables those who God has called to do the will of God for their life. Why should Ornan give this floor over to David? Because David needed it. David needed Ornan's threshing floor to obey God's commands. And can I say this one? We don't just support anybody and everybody that comes through here. Just because we live in a time and an age where just because you say you're something doesn't mean you really are something. We, we check them out, we, we listen to them, we, 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 we talk to them, we find out where they're going, what their plans are. Listen, if a man comes in here and says, listen, uh, preacher, I've got a great idea. We're gonna go to a foreign country and we're gonna teach those young people interpretive dance and how to, express, uh, how to worship God and express their feelings. 
Well, God bless you, brother. Be praying for you. Can I say tonight, this is serious business. We don't need to know how to express our feelings. They don't need to know how, 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 how to interpret a dance. They need to know the gospel. And when they come in here and they are dead said that we are going to take the gospel to a lost and dying world, man, I want to get behind that. And I want to support that. Why should I give? Because they need our financial support. Missionaries need our financial support to obey God's command. For their life. Are you willing to give so that others can go to a foreign field in need of the gospel? So we see why he should give. Notice number two, I want to see what his all looked like. What does all look like? Verse number 23. Born and said, I give it all. But can I tell you this morning, he didn't give everything he possessed. <laughs> he didn't give everything he had. Prove that, preacher. He didn't give up his home. He didn't give up his sons. He didn't give up his own life. He didn't give up everything, but he did give God all that God asked or expected from him. And so when Orion says, I have given all, in essence, he was saying, not that I'm giving everything. Here you go, it's all yours, everything. Here's my wife, here's my kids, here's everything. You have it all now, David. But he did give all that God was asking for. And we see three things that Ornan, uh, all consisted. First of all, it was the oxen there in verse number uh, 23. So take it to thee and let my Lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen. Also for burnt offerings. Those oxen were the real money makers of the operation. They were the ones doing the threshing. In essence, those oxen kept uh, Ornan from having to do that process by himself. They did it quicker. They did it faster. They did it more effectively. And they were the reason why Ornan was able to make money. At this point, they had served Ornan. They had done what Ornan told, him, told them to do. But now Ornan turns them over for a sacrifice to the Lord. Preacher, what's that looking like in my life? Let me ask you this morning. You don't got to raise your hand, but how many you got me money? This money is for me. This is my money. I earn this money, and I'm going to spend it how I want to spend it. And you might not spend it on sinful things or wrong things, but we all got some me money, right? It's, this is my, it serves me. It makes me feel good. It makes me happy. It makes me all these kind of things. It makes me full. It makes me unthirsty. It makes me, it's all, but it serves me. Maybe this month God's been dealing with some of that me money. Instead of letting it serve yourself, why don't you let it serve God this morning? It's just a little bit of here, but he turns over these oxen that have served him for a sacrifice. And here's the thing, that which you sacrifice, it don't come back in that sense. Once the oxen were sacrificed, Ornan could have yelled at them all down, hip, hip, get up, hip, hip, hip. They ain't gonna move. Sacrificed oxen are dead oxen. And can I say this morning, when we give and say, all right, Lord, this is no longer mine, it's yours. See as you do, Lord, it's dead to me. It's yours, Lord, use it for your glory. We see the oxen, then we see the instruments in verse number 23. And the threshing instruments for wood. Now, more than likely, you gotta realize that Ornan couldn't just go down to Harbor Freight he couldn't just go down to Lowe's and find somebody who has no idea where anything else is in the store. <laughs> couldn't go down to Northern Tool or any place like that. He didn't have DeWalt in Milwaukee. So more than likely, those threshing instruments were handmade, handcrafted. And when any time you hear the word handcrafted, know that involves time. 
So this is, this is his personal investment. If not by his own hands, he's paid somebody to make them for him. You're paying for someone's time. Let me ask you this morning, Brother Randy taught, how much of your time are you willing to give over to God so that he can give it to a missionary and use it for the gospel's sake? We see the oxen, we see the instruments, we see the wheat. Verse number 23. And the threshing instruments for wood and the wheat for the meat offering. The finished product, the source of the profit. Here's the thing, you might have an oxen for the threshing, you might have the threshing instruments, but if you ain't got no wheat to thresh, you ain't making no money. You're just dragging a piece of wood across the ground and beating it with a stick. There's nothing going on there. He, he knew what the wheat was worth, what it had cost him from, from planting to harvesting, to, or from planting, cultivating to harvesting, to, to threshing out, to taking it to the market. He knew what it was worth in its value, and yet he still gave it to David. Can I encourage you this morning? God's not asking you to give anybody else's money. I'll tell you what, preacher, I'll give $20 to so-and-so gives 20 It work that way. They ought to be giving more, preacher. I know how much they make in a month. Can I say, to be honest with you, ain't none of that your business? <laughs> but it is God's business. Brother Kenny, Kenny Baldwin says all the time, he says, I ain't talking about your money, I'm talking about God's money. It's all his, he owns it all, amen. Now, not, God's not asking us to give anybody else's money, but it's ours. He knows what he's asking you for. And maybe he's put a number on your heart and he's cemented it down into your soul this morning. You said, this is the amount. This is what I know the Lord wants me to give. And it's big. And it's more than it was last year. It's more than it's ever been in your life. And you're saying, I don't know about this, Lord. Can I say, if you give it to him, he knows what your all looks like. Ornan gave all the Lord was asking for him. Are you gonna do the same this year? And notice number three this morning, and we'll depart into the international feast. I want you to notice number three, the return and the result of his giving it all. <laughs> Verse 23, last phrase, I give it all. I'm giving it away. It's all yours, David. Verse 24, and King David said in the ordinary, nay, but I'll very buy it for the full price. David done lost his mind. Ain't nothing better than free. Ain't nothing better than, that don't cost you anything. But here's ordinary Lord, I'm gonna, uh, David, I'm gonna give it all away to you. It is all yours. And David said, let me pay you for it. Let me pay you for it. Let me give you a return on your investment. See, Faith Promise Missions isn't about giving money to people because we feel sorry for them. It is giving money to people who we know are going to use it to gospel in a foreign place. We give it trusting the missionary is going to be true to their word and use their time accordingly and in the turn give those fruits that were down to our account. We give to God. And God in essence says let me pay you for it. Now he's not, it's not necessarily that he's going to give you money and he's going to give you things and that and the other but he'll give you, he'll work things out in ways that you can't explain. Little Miss Shiloh has an ear infection we had her birthday and TR's birthday party last night at the house and, and she was there, <laughs> but she wasn't there. She was, everybody was there and she was trying her best to be happy and all that, but we took her to urgent care after the birthday party and I went online and filled out the application and they said, you got 30 minutes to be here. Well, y'all know where I live. I had to go all the way to the other side of Washington or go all the way to Washington Road. 
That's a 35-minute drive by itself. <laughs> and by the time we got the 30-minute, by the time we got out of the house, we turned on the 25, we got a reminder, so you got 15 minutes. Son, I put that thing into gear, that little Toyota minivan. It's automatic, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, I was flying, seen some blue lights, I slowed down a little bit, got by them, I felt led of the Spirit to go fast, Amen. We get there and we get off Bobby Jones. We're, we're, we're coming to the ends of Bobby Jones right there by Sam's Club and we get the notification, you have missed your appointment. And so I mean, I'm saying, well, we'll get there as fast as we can. And how many of y'all know those three lights, you got Sam's Club and you got that light that's further down by Bobby's Cheeseburgers. I can't think what else is right there. I'm hungry, right? And then you got the light to Washington Road. How many of y'all know you never make all three of those lights? <laughs> never, Amen. Green, green, green arrow. So I tell you, <laughs> urgent care is right there. And I pulled in, there was a parking spot. I was halfway in, halfway out. Miss Baker said, well, I'll run in. She said, I'll run in real quick. That way, if they say no, ain't no point in getting everybody out of the car. So she runs in and she, she calls me. There was an issue with the insurance. I got that resolved. And Miss Becky said, that lady walked out. Looked, she said, she looked me in my eyeball and said, Rebecca. Miss Becky said, yes, that's me. She said, all right, we're ready for you. And so she, she said, well, I, I got to go get my daughter real quick. I'll, I'll you know, go get her and we'll, we'll be right in. So I got Sally out of the car, met her in there, went right back to the room. The lady's asking questions. And then another nurse walks in. She says, what patient do you have? And the lady said, I've got little Miss Shiloh right here. Her record says that she's 16. And they both look at Shiloh and they said, well, she's not 16. And so she said, well, I'll go fix that real quick. I'll be right back. And asked, asked the birthday. Oh, God, I says, we'll go fix it. Well, she pokes her head back in. She said, now, who do you have again in here? She said, I got Rebecca Jones. And Miss Becky said, oh. When you said Rebecca, she said, that's my name. I thought you were, you looked me in my eyeball. I thought you were talking to me. And the lady said, oh, they realized where the mistake was. And she said, well, since you're already, I mean, we, we, didn't sit in, we didn't sit in the waiting room at all. Like, it was almost like an emergency situation that wasn't an emergency. How quick they got us back. And she comes in and, and they, you know, diagnosis, she's got an ear, ear infection, all that kind of stuff. She's cutting in teeth, the joys of being a toddler. <laughs> but, and they came and figured everything out, and we got back in the car. Ms. Baker said, I literally think that was the Lord. She said, because that lady looked me in my eyeball and said, Rebecca. She said, anybody that knows me knows you call me Becky. Everybody calls me Becky. She said, but that lady looked me in my eyeballs and said, Rebecca. And I said, me? And she said, yes. And so we were literally in and out of the urgent care in less than an hour. Can I say this morning, that, that's valuable. That's valuable. The return on his giving. We give it trusting the missionary is going to give it back. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, there's another account of this. It's the same account, different books. And in that account, the, the Bible scoffers will say, well, in that account, David only gave Ornan 50 shekels of silver. Then you go down to verse number 25 of 1 Chronicles 21. Bible said, and so David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold. By the way, and they'll say, see, there's a, there's a contradiction. 
50 pieces of silver in one and 600 pieces of shekels, 600 shekels in the other. Well, when you actually learn what's going on there, that 50 silvers was for the oxen and the instruments. That 600 was for the entire place. Filling to somewhere around $500,000. David just pulls out and gives to Ornan. Ornan, I know you said you were going to give it, but I'm going to pay you for it. More, the full price of it. He didn't negotiate with him or anything. He didn't question him. He just said, Here, here's your 600 shekels of gold by weight. Now, God used David to give Ornan back more than he had given to David. And let me ask you this one. When you give to faith, promise, missions, and to hear a soul get saved, I firmly believe God gives us way back more than what we pay in and what we give toward. We see the return of it. There was a great return, but notice the result of it. Verse 27, and the Lord commanded the angel, and he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. David builds that altar, he sacrifices. And that angel of the Lord that is exacting judgment takes his sword, puts it back in his sheath, and quits doing what he's been doing. Stops the judgment. Not only were a few saved, but really a great many were saved because you read chapter 21, there's a whole lot more than 70,000 people in Israel. And because of Ornan's actions and his results from giving over the threshing floor to David, God stops the judgment. You could say that there was more saved than there were lost that day in Israel. But here's interesting, you find this out, you go to chapter number 22. David begins to talk about building this house of the Lord, the temple we know Solomon would eventually build it. Guess where he built it? On the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And for hundreds of years, for the length of Solomon's life, that temple was a manufacturing, a, a, a construction marvel. Lay, everything overlaid with gold. and I mean, no expense suffered. Everything was amazing. Could you imagine as they would begin to bring those animals in to sacrifice in the temple. Not only did it save Israel on that day when Ornan gave it up, but down through the generations and down through the centuries, that blood would be sacrificed and given and that picture of atonement would be made to the nation of Israel all because Ornan gave. Not only did he save Israel that day, but he allowed the picture of salvation to go on for days and years after. Why? Because he gave. Now take your Bible and turn to John chapter number 10. I promise you I'm just about done this morning. John chapter number 10. He saved Israel that day and Israel would continue to see their need for atonement because he gave down through the generations. John chapter number 10 this morning. Look at verse number 23. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Now who built the temple? Solomon did. Where did he build it at? On Ornan's threshing floor. The place that Ornan gave over to David. Now history tells us that when Israel was taken over and attacked later on in their history, that those who attacked them and conquered them came in and destroyed the temple. Ransacked it, took the gold out of it, all that kind of, those kind of things. But then we see in John chapter number 10, Jesus is in the temple and it says in Solomon's porch. The Jewish historian Josephus says that that was one of the remaining areas left 
from the original temple that Solomon built. Now we're talking thousands of years later. That which Ornan gave over to David, in essence gave over to God, not only saved Israel that day, not only allowed them to see salvation through the blood sacrifice for years to come, but now in John chapter number 10, there he is on the same threshing floor standing on Solomon's porch, who? Jesus. Then you go down to verse number 30. Jesus said, I and my father are one. All because Ornan gave. He allowed God to not only use it that day in the moment, but thousands of years later, God would allow his son to stand in that very place and say, I and my father are one. No man cometh unto the father but by me. I am the son of God. Can I say this morning, when we give to God, I think a lot of times we shortchange him in our expectations. Boy, wouldn't it be something that through our gift of faith, promise, missions, not only does somebody get saved this year, but God begins to work in that who was saved. And Lord Terry is coming 20 years down, 30 years down the road. God takes that what we gave this year and it's still blessing and giving for years to come. Wouldn't it be something if you got to heaven and somebody came up to you later on and, uh, and said, listen, thank you for giving back in 2023. My grandpa got saved that year in a foreign country. He got saved in Mexico. He got saved and you fill in the blank. Look at one of these flags, fill in the blank with it. He got saved back in 2023 and I wasn't born until 2050. But the change that God made in his life when you gave that year allowed him to witness to me and I got saved as a young boy. Could you imagine this morning how long that could go down and possibly go down if we'll just give all that God is asking us to give this morning? I gave it all. Can you say the same thing this morning? Are you willing to give all so that one day you'll get to see eternal results from what you give this morning? Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to grab your piece of paper if you filled it out. Luke and uh, Timothy, come help me out again this morning. Or it's your first time, Luke, Timothy again. Now we got a gospel in an epistle. Amen. And as they come by, I filled mine out and I sat it somewhere. There it is. You just drop it into, empty out one of those. Tell you what, sit all that, on, sit all that in the Bible. Except for that uh, faith promise place paper. You can set that one, that envelope in there too, Timothy. And as the plate comes by, you just, you just toss yours in. We're going to ask the Lord to bless it and pray for it. And then uh, we got one more thing we're going to do before we eat. But y'all fellas, go ahead. Well, let's pray for it first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be involved in faith, promise, missions, giving. Lord, it's not a requirement, God. It's not something that, Lord, uh, we do out of simple obligation. But, Lord, we're excited to be involved. And, Lord, God, what you're doing, not just here in Hepsburg, Georgia, but around the world. I pray, Lord, as we get ready to give, or that we'd all be able to say we gave it all. What you ask of us at this moment here and now. But we love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.